So Tyreek Hill could be looking at more drama because the alleged victim we didn't think was going to press charges is now going to press charges against Tyreek Hill. So we're not really sure how this thing's going to shake out, but certainly not going away anytime soon. Not not saying he's going to get suspended by the league. The police weren't pursuing anything um, after their investigation. So makes me think, I don't know, on the surface that this guy won't have much to go on. But we don't really know. A lot of things could unfold. Um, it's certainly highlighting a bunch of bad decisions and aggressive behavior that is starting to become a pattern for Tyreek Hill and a lot of diva wide receivers from Antonio Brown to Hill and to just weird behavior by Diggs. Um, and and so we got to just talk about wh- what does this mean? What's the likelihood of this potentially coming back to bite a fantasy owner that takes a, uh, t- that invests in a, a guy like Tyreek Tyree Hill when you can go get a, a different player, even a Cooper Cup, who I think there's some concerns about injury for him. But, you know, Garrett Wilson, would you rather have Garrett Wilson than Tyreek Hill in 2023? Some might laugh at that question, but not if you're a The Fantasy Football Show uh, viewer, because we're all we're all on board the Garrett Wilson train. FantasyFootballShow.com studios. It's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. From the FantasyFootballShow.com news desk, here is your breaking news. So this might not go away as quickly as we thought, according to the uh, according to Roto World and, and NBC Sports, uh, Miami-Dade pol- uh, Dade police officials confirmed that the victim of the alleged assault and battery incident involving Tyreek Hill will, in fact, press charges. It was previously reported that the investigation into the incident had concluded, but the Miami-Dade police told NFL.com their inquiry was ongoing later that day. Then the next morning, they confirmed that uh, to NBC6 South Florida that the victim would be pressing charges. So, um, I don't I don't know what to say here. I, I, I wish I could say, hey, you know, nothing's going to happen. I mean, you look at Alvin Kamara's situation. No, nothing has happened for Alvin Kamara yet. They just let this guy continue to play ball. And, and I don't know. I don't know what Alvin Kamara is really going to look at. Is, is it going to be a three, four, five, six game suspension? We don't know. We have no idea. Everybody's saying that Kamara is going to be out for the year. It's a wasted pick. I don't think. I don't think you should be that confident that the NFL is going to take action at all, unless, unless you're Josh Gordon, uh, Calvin Ridley, uh, other players that, that that do far less crazy things 
they get huge suspensions. I know integrity of the league's important, but so is humanity. So is being a good person. So is not beating a man like Alvin Kamara did into the ground with a bunch of buddies getting in a Uber or a cab after and having that thing recording in video footage showing you laughing about how you, you beat the man into the ground. So I'm just, I, I, I get a little frustrated when the NFL doesn't do anything. I get frustrated when the teams don't step up and try and set an example and say, look, you go out and do stuff. like Now, th- th- this incident's nothing. Like, I, I want to first, let me back up and say that, that it sounds like the guy got hit in the back of the neck or the head, and now it's being reported neck. But I'm just saying that Tyreek Hill is kind of unhinged, and I, I don't know that I don't know that the NFL is going to do anything about it. I don't think the NFL cares. The bigger question is why are these diva wide receivers flying off the handle and getting worse and worse over the years, and no one looking into the potential headshots that these defenseless receivers are encountering. And that could be the bigger problem. I don't know. But I get I guess we, we, we should say this is like if you're drafting Tyreek Hill, A, do you think he gets suspended at any point during the season? I say almost no chance because this is a little slap on the back of the head. Now, does something get revealed that, that happened uh to a bigger degree somewhere? I doubt it because why would the police, you know, conclude their investigation? And not and not go after anything. They, they literally closed their investigation, then had to kind of reopen the situation based on the victim wanting to press charges. But that could be a move for money in civil. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't know, I don't know that anything can come out of this because the police couldn't find anything worthy of going after doesn't mean this guy won't get money doesn't mean he won't get the bag doesn't mean he won't get an autographed pair of cleats out of the deal he probably will he probably will get something very substantial out of this and that's that's going to be not a big deal in the grand scheme of things in terms of like nfl punishment and probably lead to nothing probably lead to nothing i want everybody to understand that slapping someone on the back of the neck is not good it's not something you should be out there doing but I don't know that it warrants suspension and all that. Um, but I will say, I will say that I don't, I don't think that Tyreek Hill is maybe in his best state of mind. But I don't, again, like Diggs, I don't know that it, it influences me to go in a different direction. It depends on who's on the board. Like you can't take, you can't take Garrett Wilson over Tyreek Hill. But can you trade down and and essentially do that? I I would. If I'm in the number five overall spot and I don't want to go Cooper Cup and I don't want to go Tyreek Hill, I'm just going Bijan. I'm going Bijan. The the simple solution is instead of Tyreek Hill, instead of Diggs, go Bijan. Okay? Instead of Diggs, you could go Bijan or Garrett Wilson. Instead of Tyreek Hill, you can go Bijan. I'm not saying you shouldn't take Garrett Wilson where Hill is going, but it is kind of reaching at the highest of the high. Not saying it won't work out. I love Garrett Wilson. I think Garrett Wilson could be a top two, three overall wide receiver in 2023. But you got to ask yourself like about drafting smart, picking your spots, using ADP, uh, using variation in, in mixing up your teams and saying to yourself, okay, I'm not going to draft Ty- I'm not going to draft Garrett Wilson in every single draft in a in a draft selection draft slot where I'm not going to take Garrett Wilson number four or five. Like that's not where he goes. 
maybe you go Bijan every single time right there. And you let people laugh at you that think that's high. As if Bijan Robinson at number four is high. We got laughed at all offseason leading into the last month or so where people said, you're too high on Bijan. He's a rookie. He plays for the Falcons. How is he going to do all this with the Falcons? How is he going to do all this with Ritter under center? Ritter, he's got the Ritter. Sounds like a disease. He's got the Ritter. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. I'm so confident in Bijan. I honestly, my solution is Bijan across the board. Because if you're on the clock at four, Bijan's 90% likely to be available to you in redraft. 90%, if not 100%. So there's no, there's no debate here. Why are you going to go after Tyreek Hill? He's kind of a mess. When you can get Bijan Robinson, the number one overall running back in hindsight, when all this plays out in 2023, you're going to be like, I got the number one running back. Hi, my name is B. John Robinson. I like long walks on the beach. And, well, I also like scoring touchdowns. There's no debate in my mind. There's no debate. It's Bijan. Why do you need to draft Diggs or Hill? You don't. The answer is you don't. I give you permission to not draft either one. Not because I think he'll end up getting suspended. Not because I think Diggs will fall off the face of the earth. But why go down those roads when you've got arguably the number one running back in the National Football League? A 1,500-yard rusher maybe as a rookie. Rookie of the year touchdown leader in the NFL for running backs he could do these things as a rookie he could be the leading carry getter the leading rushing yard player on the ground for running backs and the leading touchdown getter this guy is the closest thing to the best player we've ever seen at the running back position that we've ever seen like this is the guy this is the the the, the possible gem of all gems that we compare every other class to Oh, is he the next Bijan? Is he the next Bijan? We do that now with LaDainian Tomlinson. We do it with Saquon Barkley in some ways, even though Barkley hasn't had the, the career we've wanted his rookie year. League leading, number one running back in fantasy football as a rookie, Saquon Barkley. That is the standard, the gold standard when you compare a rookie to a player and you say he's going to have the best rookie season he can have. He's going to have a, a, a Saquon Barkley rookie year. Or he's going to have a Ladanian Tomlinson career. Maybe not as long as LT. We understand that that's kind of changed. You can't really do that anymore in today's NFL. In in the wear and tear world of the running back. Coming out of an earlier point in their life. Getting uh, all the mileage added on. From being a tougher, harder, longer, younger running back. And, and that's kind of what I think is, is a... a, an, a a piece of why running backs don't last as long as they start younger they start getting hit harder younger and by the time they get to the pros they have just a little bit less uh, shelf life because of the, the way the game is played now it's just a rougher tougher game I, I, I just don't know why anybody would want to go in this man's direction when Bijan's on the on the board the, the, the only thing you would that I would say is is complicated is if you're picking at four you don't want to go Cooper Cup and you can go Cooper Cup if you want just because I have questions about Cooper Cup doesn't mean you can't draft Cooper Cup at number four or five I just I just go Bijan I go Bijan but if I'm 
trying to go wide receiver and let's say I'm a little lower than four or five, let's say I'm at seven or eight and Bijan goes because you're drafting with a, a bunch of sharks or some the fantasy football show members and they take Bijan. They take Bijan. Guess what I do? I take Garrett Wilson. If I'm even below seven and Bijan's gone, I'm going Garrett Wilson. I don't find a need ever to go Tyreek Hill or Stephon Diggs. I just don't. And you can you can say I'm wrong. You can say it's going to work out. You'll see Smitty, and it might. It might. Diggs might be fine. Diggs might be fine. He he might play his best uh, season and live his best life in 2023. I don't know. Hill could be fine and play his best life and, and best season out in 2023. Certainly possible. But so is Bijan. So is Garrett Wilson. There's nothing wrong going in a direction where you think that these players are the future and the now at the same time. Uh, Diggs might be still the now. He is turning 30 years old, though, in November. Not saying he can't have that one more elite year. Turning 29, turning 30 doesn't mean you're done yet, but it does mean that in Dynasty, you better be selling Stefan Diggs and getting rid of him before he plays out his final safe year, and then he walks into his 30-year-old season where he turns 31 next year, and you say, I can't get rid of him for anything, Smitty. What do I do? I can't get a, a Christian Watson. I can't get a Drake London. You're not going to be able to get any of that. You're not going to be able to get any of that. And Tyreek Hill is also an old man to NFL standards. And at some point, he's going to drop off even quicker probably than Diggs because of the, the quick twitch and the hamstrings and how these guys wear down their hamstrings to a, a, a paper-thin and it's an analogy, it's not really true, but it, it gets worn down to a little thin piece of paper, essentially, in our minds, because he's going to continue to get hamstring injuries. He's firing off those hamstrings and those muscles differently than every other player in the NFL that might do some uh, shake-and-bake work with, with cutting that isn't resembling the cutting this man does, where this man goes 110% every single time he takes a step He's just got something different about the way he he maneuvers and uses his hamstrings and muscles, and it's you know it reminds me of of, of very few players in the National Football League, uh, the way that this guy moves and navigates at the line of scrimmage. This guy does so much explosion and cutting at the line of scrimmage more so than any other player. A lot of players will do a little stutter step, shake and bake, run really good routes. There's some very good players on the line off the line of scrimmage. Um, that just use maneuvers and techniques. This guy's literally exploding and not even going anywhere. Just boom, 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 boom. He hasn't even taken a step yet. And eventually his hammies are going to be shot. And so in Dynasty, I'm getting rid of him. I'm not even waiting until the end of the season. Uh, Bama, you're live on the Fantasy Football Show, pal. What can I do for you? Hey, what's going on, Smitty? What's up, brother? Hey, uh, I, I'm just now getting uh, to the show late, so uh, pardon me if I say something that uh, y'all have already talked about or anything. Uh, try to watch those, a little bit of the first part to catch your uh, breaking news. But, man, I tell you, I have to disagree with you on something. Uh, I know you said several times about a little pat on the head. I, I don't know about you, but somebody comes up, smacks me on the back of the head, and we're we, we going to have problems, you know. Uh, I've fought in tough man contests. I've been in several wrecks, football. I've had multiple, multiple concussions. I still don't go out there and act like that. I drive for a living. I got CDL license. Uh, so I have to watch speeding tickets because I know that affects me like my livelihood. What's the problem is, like the Avant Camara 
situation when they don't get punished and they don't feel like they have they feel like they're higher than everybody else yeah they feel like they can go out and do stuff like that well okay but well, hold if on, they hold, would have a certain it, line let me stop you real quick and just correct okay. i think i think the 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 angle you think i'm coming from i'm not saying he shouldn't be punished i'm saying that do i think the nfl is going to punish him for a tap on the head i don't think they yeah. will that's that's all i'm saying i'm not saying that he shouldn't be i mean i think if you watch and you say you haven't watched the whole thing I'm very, very hard on this man, and I very, very, very much am disappointed in the NFL and how the NFL has taken this step back and said, hey, you know, if it's not a a criminal charge, then, you know, we're going to let it play out. We're not going to step up and, and do anything. Like, your job, if you were if you were sent, I always give this example, if you were sent to some seminar in Vegas, bro, for your, for your work, okay? You were sent there. You're representing your company or the people you work for or that hire you or contract out. I don't know exactly what you do, but you get my sense of, of what I'm talking about. And I'm mapping it out for the people watching. And let's say the seminars end. You're there representing the brands and the companies that work with you. The seminar ends. It's nighttime. Everybody's eating dinner. You're not really on the clock per se, but you're there in Vegas kind of representing the whole weekend your your business your brand everybody and you go out and do what Camara did you would be fired you would be not used by any of these companies ever again you would be held accountable even though you did these things outside of the technical hours of the seminar and whatever the part that i have such a problem with is that that these players are representing the nfl in a lot of these capacities they go out and do these things and people act like they 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 did it off the clock or they camara was at the pro bowl like in the hotel in the casino when that that whole situation went down the nfl it's disgusting the nfl won't say hey you can't do that and you're not gonna play for us it's crazy to me you know and so tyreek hill is out fishing very different scenario but i agree with you that his behavior just being, if it if it's let go, on top of all the other things the NFL let go, they let go of the situation where his, his kid got a broken arm, it was deemed as an accident, but everybody seems to want to insinuate, and I, I, I honestly, the, I don't give the benefit of the, the doubt to Tyreek Hill because there's other reports about him punching the baby's mama and all these different things. So, like, this guy's got a track record and the aggressive nature of his job adding to it that makes me feel like the nfl is not they're just letting him get away with everything and they let all these players get away with everything if there's no criminal charges because they're all about the money i agree with you like i, I think we're on the same page i just wanted to correct you because you were saying that you disagree yeah. with my stance my, my stance about whether these guys should be punished when they do things is is i think aligned with yours i'm just merely pointing out that the nfl probably will do nothing and the team will probably right. well, do I, nothing. Well, what what I think what I was disagreeing with, like when when you say just a little slap on the head, I would I would rather somebody come up in my face, punch me square in the nose, than I would somebody disrespect me and just come up behind me and slap me in the back yeah. of the head. Yeah, no, I get that. Now, on, on my on my job, I drive truck for a living, delivering uh, parts to BMW, Volkswagen, you know, stuff like this. That a boy. But th this is how far I take my career because that's my livelihood for my family. When I'm off the clock, I'm at home. Me and my wife 
go up visit her family uh, out of town, guess who drives? She does. Why? Because I know the more time I'm on the road is more likely to have an accident, a ticket, or anything like that. Even, even if I'm off the clock, those still go on my license, and that affects me at my job. Mm-hmm. If they would see the same thing, whether it's at a club after hours, like you were saying, if I you know, flew me out to Las Vegas, whatever, I'm still representing them 24-7. Yeah. My company that I work with, I represent them 24-7. If, if I get out here in my personal car and have an accident, they're going to pull my license. It shows where I work. You know, so all that's tied together, and they make so much money, like you were saying. Uh, and I watch your shows usually between uh, uh, 8 a.m. And, and like 3 p.m. Uh, while I'm at work. But uh, so I, I usually don't catch the lies. But you know, hey, pay them 125,000. You know, go go on, you know, somewhere a little bit. But I, to me, it would be more about the money. You just don't come up and slap me in the back of the head. You know, yeah, I, I, that right there I, with throw me off the DP. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know why I mean, we don't have some of the details so like to be fair, like right. I'd love to know all of the details, but but at the same time like this guy's pressing charges, he's got a checkered past Tyreek Hill with violence and and assault. And and I and I think the NFL's just going to sit on it. I I have a zero confidence in them. Not we never know. The NFL's so heavy-handed one minute and then not the other. To be honest, it wouldn't even be that shocking if they did something here and they didn't do anything with Camara, and then they did something right. here and they didn't do something with that. Um, NFL's weird. NFL's weird, and I'll never, I'll never understand when they decide to do stuff and when they don't. But I will say that uh, if I'm drafting a player like Tyreek Hill, um, I'm not feeling comfortable about it because I don't, I don't like his judgment. I don't trust his state of mind, and while he still could have an elite year in 2023 and somebody come back and say, Smitty, remember that video you said, stay away from Tyree killing. He had a top four wide receiver season and Garrett Wilson was number five. Like that worked out well. Well, you know, it's a calculation. It's a game of, you know, risk and calculation. And I just don't feel like I want Tyree kill on my team. He's a loose cannon and digs. I feel the same way about, and of course, I'm not an idiot. I'm going to draft them at some point. I'm not going to avoid them. I'm not calling them a total bust. I'm not saying Tyreek Hill in the first round stupid. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if I'm drafting four or five and I already want Bijan, like why the hell am I not going to come out here and try and convince a lot of you to change your direction? If you're leaning Diggs or Hill, you know, go Watson, go London, go players like that in round two or, or round three or four. And and you can cover the wide receiver position in a very similar fashion. You could you could get Alave in round two and go Bijan in round one. There's so many ways to that this won't hurt you because you don't go wide receiver. I I just I'm staying away from Hill and I'm staying away from Diggs at, at their ADP. I, I, I agree. I'm, I'm I'm the same on that. Uh, I, I've got a few shares of uh, Hill. I've only got like one or two of Diggs because I there's just something that my gut is telling me to stay away from Diggs. I've only got a couple. I think I've got maybe 40 uh, underdog drafts uh, that I've done. So I, I've got just a few shares uh, of uh, Hill, but now I look back at my team and I'm like, man, I wish I'd done something different, you yeah. know. And uh, But like, like I said, there's a lot of different options. But, yeah. hey, I've got to jump off. I appreciate the show. I'm going to continue to listen to you. Bama, uh, appreciate you. Appreciate all that you do, man. Later, pal. Appreciate you. Uh, Bama, my man. My man, Bama. Don't, don't touch Bama. Don't slap Bama on the back of the head. I'm just going to tell you right now. 
Tay Tay Adams, number one fan, says Hill's still gonna be better than Bijan and Olave. Well, that's that's why we play the game, Tay. Uh, I I you seem so confident you might have the Gray's Book Sports Almanac from Back to the Future. We don't, okay. And you uh, you also probably think Devonte Adams is gonna have the career the the, the season of his career. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I don't know, Tay. <laughs> you do, do you, Tay? Do you? Uh, Diggs to Denver rumors make me sick. Diggs is not getting traded. I don't know how many times I got to tell you. His dead cap is bigger than anybody's dead cap I've ever seen. It's like 40, what is it, 45, 50 million? Like he, he can't go anywhere. Diggs cannot go anywhere. Let me let me ease your, your pain and suffering and your nausea. He can't go anywhere. Diggs' dead cap is in the 45 plus million dollar territory. So the Bills can't get rid of him. It's not going to happen. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't let it bother you. Don't let it keep you up at night. It won't affect Hill until next season. See Camara. That's what we're that's what we're saying, pal. That's what we're saying. But but he's still in a in a crazy state of mind. And I don't know. I I, I don't I don't trust. Like the thing you got to understand though, Sean, is what I'm trying to tell you is not to avoid him. I mean, I made it pretty clear. Not to avoid him at all costs, not to avoid him if he fell to the bottom of round one. But this is a guy that's unhinged, and you don't know when he's going to do something else, bro. You don't know. Do you remember Antonio Brown when one thing would happen? Imagine if you said, ah, it, it, nothing happened with the burning off his, of his feet. He'll be fine now. Imagine if you, you thought it was going to stop there. That's all I'm telling you. Sean, you can say, oh, he will be fine and be the optimistic one. But who's to say this isn't the beginnings of him unraveling a little more? That's all I'm telling you. Why take the risk when Bijan's sitting there and Bijan's going to be the number one running back in fantasy football, in my opinion? Why take Tyreek Hill when you can go that route? Or if you're drafting a little later, you go Garrett Wilson at you know seven, eight, nine, ten, and you throw a little a little caution to the wind, as some would say in that in that realm. But I I just don't think he is just a lock to be my four or five overall draft selection. I would take him 10, 11. I'm not saying I wouldn't take him. I'm not saying there isn't a line in the sand inside round one. Understand what I'm saying. But why take an unhinged player when you don't need to? That's what I'm saying. Maybe he doesn't do anything else the rest of the season. But this is a this is a pattern of behaviors for him. And he's late in his career. And I'm starting to feel like he's a little bit, got a little bit of, a, of, of an issue um, staying out of trouble. JSC Smitty, are you taking Bijan over Christian McCaffrey if both are there? Absolutely, but I, I talk about that all the time. I've got videos on that. Bijan's arguably the number one overall pick. And I don't care if it seems early to anybody. I could give two craps what people think if they they think of that in a negative way. Like I, I care what all you think, and you like Christian McCaffrey more than Bijan. I'm fine with that. I'm not mad at you. I don't I'm not gonna send you on a lap because you you draft Christian McCaffrey number one overall. I'm just telling you, I'm taking Bijan. My top three overall players, no matter what the format, no matter what the conversation is, no matter what the scoring is going to be a combination. The scoring would determine the order. Is going to be Bijan or Chase number one or JJ number one, but those three guys, Chase, JJ, Bijan, or Bijan, Chase, JJ. 
almost every time I'm taking Jamar Chase over JJ because I'm rolling with the quarterback. I'm rolling with the offense. I'm rolling with the points per game that this guy scored. And understanding that he missed time last year, came back, was even hampered last year. Jamar Chase points per game, points per target, really, are 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 in you know top of the league. So give me Jamar Chase at number one overall in PPR three wide receiver settings. If it's a, a PPR, and I don't play in non PPR. If it was non PPR, you put Bijan one. But in in PPR or even half PPR, like an underdog fantasy promo code Smitty, where you can draft Bijan every single time over Tyreek Hill. So don't even give me any excuses about Smitty. It didn't work. Bijan's absolutely falling below Tyreek Hill when you drafted a bunch of normal people. Uh, that don't know what time it is. Smitty, code Smitty, link in description of every video. Uh, get up to $100 bonus match, but go draft Bijan on underdog because he's sitting there for the taking. But Bijan to me is the number, even in a 0.5 PPR setting where you can start three running backs. Like you can start three wide receivers or you have to start three wide receivers, but you can start a flex on top of two running backs. So you can technically go three and three. Or you could go two and four, but if you can go three and three, I think people are focusing too much on wide receiver in a in a setting where you can actually start three running backs. And so, like, would would Bijan number one overall in, a, in an underdog draft be crazy? No, it wouldn't be. I take Jamar Chase though because I get enough steals of Bijan at four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I have so many Bijan teams. He's probably my he's in my top four of uh, exposure on underdog because I get so much Bijan. And I don't get a whole lot of opportunities to get Jamar Chase unless I get the number one or number two overall pick. I'll take Chase every time with the one or two overall pick just to ensure I get a lot of Jamar Chase built teams. Um, but if push came to shove, I wouldn't have a problem taking uh, Bijan number one overall. I just feel, I'm just getting so I'm just cleaning up. I'm getting so so many shares of them because people are are just scared of them. They're scared of Bijan. They're scared of Bijan, and I'm not, and you shouldn't be, and we're all going to clean up with Bijan in 2023. Uh, use code SMITTY. That's right. Do it live. Uh, let's see here. Peanut Butter and Wavers says, man, I miss Logan. Uh, what are you talking about? Blind Larry, appreciate you. You got him at eight. Bijan at eight. It's a steal, bro. It's an absolute steal. Uh, Tank. Dialing. Phone, phone line's open. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. Hit me with your questions. Let's roll. Um, let me see if I can find some good chat questions here to put in here. Tyreek was slapped. All Tyreek was deckhand on the back of the neck, right? I mean, we're not sure exactly what Tyreek Hill did, but the report is he either slapped a guy on the head or the back of the neck. And and like I said at the top of the show, do I think that that's going to result in a suspension? The answer is I don't know. We don't. We just don't know what's going on. We don't know f- for sure that that was the whole thing. But I will say, and like I said at the top of the show, the fact that the police didn't do anything 
and they're not they're not pursuing it the police are not pursuing it you know their investigation they closed and they're like we close it we're not going to go after any any sort of we're not we're not going further uh that tells me that they had all the they had all the evidence and they couldn't find a reason to charge tyreek hill so how how in the hell is this guy going to come up with any anything other than a give me money scenario which is what i think will happen and the nfl is not going to suspend him most likely for a give me money scenario that the police said there's nothing here the police said there's nothing here hill's probably not going to see a single you know punishment by the nfl i want to make that abundantly clear so people don't think that's what i'm saying um but is this the last the last thing he does is this the last stop i don't know dude slapping dudes is funny says jeremy i just don't know i'd rather not take a chance on an unraveling player that's getting older that could potentially have hamstring issues quicker than the average person. So I'm just going toward the future. I'm going toward the future in Bijan. I'm going toward the future in Garrett Wilson. I'm not going after Diggs, who's turning 30 this year. This guy's getting older and, like I said, has all the hamstring potential issues coming. What year does it come? Does it come next year? Does it come in the middle of this year? Tyreek Hill is no spring chicken, and he's firing off those hamstrings so much so quickly so often that like at some point he's going to break down i don't know that it will be this year but i'm certainly going to go get myself some garrett wilson and some Bijan robinson versus Diggs or hill i just don't i just don't want to go down the road it's just an option it's a preference it doesn't mean that you're crazy if you do but that's just the way that your boy sees it that's how i see it uh, garrett wilson is the peanut butter to rogers is waivers absolutely uh did did my dono go through? Let's see here. Did you drop a super chat? I'm sorry, bro. Here they are. I'm sorry. They didn't. They didn't show up for me right yet. Here we go. Uh, Young says, "How high were you on Pitts? Uh, how high were you on Pitts his rookie year? Very high, Young. He definitely met my expectations, and I'm still very high on him. Him and Kincaid are the future at the tight end position. Um, hopefully, his his rehab with his knee continues to go well, and hopefully, the rehab with his knee." The stories and, and reports that he's still rehabbing it are going to lower his value into a place where you're very, very protected in. Uh, Bryson, appreciate this super chat. Uh, taking Wilson over Adams, Diggs, Amara, 10-man draft. I don't blame you. I'm doing the exact same thing. Amara in, in, Amon Ra's right there with, with uh, uh, Garrett Wilson. But I would take Wilson ahead of Amara. But Amon Ra is like next. I like Amon Ra. I would I would take Amon Ra over Diggs at this point, to be honest with you. And then this last super chat from Isaac. Where have you been seeing Bijan go in mock drafts, uh, PPR and standard mock drafts? I don't I don't look at a lot of mock drafts, Isaac, because the data is horrible. It's not people are just mock drafting off bad data. But in general, he's going in like six, seven, eight territory. He's not going in one through five. In our community, he does. On on Best Ball Underdog Fantasy, promo code SMITTY, he goes in the top like 6, 7, 8. On mock drafts, it's like 7, 8, 9, 10. Um, but he's not falling into round 2 anywhere anymore. But I remember when we got laughed at for making him a first-round pick just in general. And and now people are acting like that's something they've thought of the entire offseason. But whatever, you know. If you're not first, you're last. And we were first, so everybody else is last. Uh, scared Scotty's on the line. You're you're live, pal. Okay, you ready for today? What I'm scared of for today? What are you scared of today, Scotty? You're gonna hang up on me. Okay, let me get my finger ready on the button. Go ahead. All right. 
Kincaid. Finish him. No way. No way. He's the first. Call terminated. Hold on. I won't turn terminate the call yet. Go ahead. Speak your mind on Kincaid before I hang up on you. Kincaid is going off the board as a tight end one. Oh, no. His voice got really Peter high, Scott. What? And Price is too high for a guy sitting with another tight end. Oh, and no. Has a 24 million in each of the third 24. Oh, you know when your voice They're gets paying. when your voice gets that high, Scott. I know there's concern. I, I hear the concern on your voice. I, I, he's a, oh my God! It's funny. It's so funny. You're laughing. What? I think you'd be much better off waiting a few rounds and grabbing Porta as your second tight end. You could do that too if you and wanted, Scott. Detroit. Detroit. For 12 touchdowns for tight ends last year. Okay. Only Scott, three of those. I, I, like King, I like Laporta. I draft both of them. A lot of times I'll draft Kincaid and Laporta. And, and normally I'm not an early I'm not an early tight end drafter or recommender because, because tight ends do not translate quickly traditionally at the NFL level. It's a different position. It's tough. But when you have a, a situation of talent that meets situ that, that meets environment. That that, that that is unmatched before. Like, it's different. It puts you on that fast track that we talk about. And so what I'm trying to explain to you and everybody that won't listen to me because they see the, say the same thing over and over, you're not listening to what I'm saying, Scared Scott. I know you are because you're, you're saying all the things that I've already refuted and shot down. Kincaid is an elite tight end talent to the, to the degree we haven't seen come out of college in in maybe forever the way that he's built and the way he plays the the tight end position he plays it like a wide receiver he's elusive he's electric he has a nose for the end zone he's dominant in space he can run routes like a wide receiver this guy's a this guy's like cooper cup essentially at the tight end position the way that he runs the way he looks he looks identical to cooper cup when he came out of college and that's not saying like cooper cup came out of nowhere Cooper Cup was definitely very highly touted, but but Steve Smith called him the best wide receiver in the draft class. So he he was definitely known, but Cooper Cup nobody really you know in the fantasy world even even after Steve Smith said that thought he'd vault up to where he did temporarily vault up. And I'm not saying Cooper Cup can't do that again if he stays healthy for one more year. He is older, but my point is when you watch this man on the field, he looks like Cooper Cup. And he's in the tight end position. On top of that, scared Scott, he's going to a location that Kyle Pitts didn't go to, that that other tight ends didn't go to. Even Laporta. Laporta's going to a great situation, especially with Jamison Williams out for six weeks. Laporta's going to be fast-tracked as well. Hence why I like two rookies instead of me telling you to wait a year before you go down the rookie, the rookie rabbit hole. Because if you go down the rookie rabbit hole it usually ends in disappointment like Hawkinson. And then the sophomore year, you end up cleaning up if you're able to swing back in while people jump out and they're disappointed. Just like Kyle Pitts. People, even though Kyle Pitts had a good rookie year, his sophomore year of disappointment is the same effect you normally someone has like when they liked Hawkinson as a rookie, expected the world, it didn't work out. They jump ship immediately. The same thing happened with, with Pitts. Pitts had a great rookie year, but in his second year, when he got injured, people jump ship. 
They don't they don't consider that this man had the best rookie season for a tight end in the history of the NFL, Kyle Pitts. People ignore that. Kyle Pitts failed. Did he? Kyle Pitts didn't live up to expectation. Did he not? Are you sure? Are you sure about that, Scotty? Because this man was the best rookie tight end in the history of the NFL. So there, there goes my, my Pitts argument. For Kincaid, Kincaid walks into a situation Kyle Pitts didn't walk into. He's walking into a situation that only Travis Kelsey has walked into. Having the best qu- quarterback in the National Football League, or one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. Josh Allen is a top five, at least top five. He could be one one year, he could be three another year, but he's a top five gunslinger. Maybe one of, if not the strongest arms in the National Football League. He comes in to this equation and says, hey, Kincaid, why don't you become my slot wide receiver? Why don't you become my wide receiver? Dawson Knox has nothing to do with Dalton Kincaid's uh, scared Scott. He has nothing to do with them. It's irrelevant. Dawson Knox is a blocking tight end. Kincaid's going to be playing slot wide receiver. And he's going to be your tight end. And people are going to cry and complain. And people like scared Scott... In leagues, they're gonna they're gonna approach their commissioner and go, "Excuse me, this isn't fair." Uh, Smitty has a tight end that plays wide receiver. Uh, as a commissioner, will you remove his tight end eligibility because this is not fair? And I'm upset, Unger. Kincaid's different, Scott Dawson Knox, like Montgomery, has nothing to do with Jameer Gibbs. Montgomery has zero to do with Jameer Gibbs. It's irrelevant. It's not even a conversation that people should be having. They play different roles. They're in different positions on that team. Kincaid and Knox are in different roles. Completely irrelevant. In fact, Dawson Knox is going to do all the blocking. Kincaid's going to be sent on all the fun stuff. Hey, Kincaid, go run a route. Hey, Dawson Knox, block. Go get my coffee. Kincaid's going to say, Dawson Knox, go get me a coffee. Go get me a coffee now. I, you know, like I said, Laporta, I think, has a better shot at finishing inside the, a tight end one car, uh, area than Knox. I, I like Laporta. Knox scares. Or He's not Knox, but uh, Kincaid scares. Kincaid scares. <laughs> bro's, bro's scared of a double-digit tight end. Bro's, broski is scared of a double-digit tight end. A double-digit tight end. In the double-digit rounds, bro. Round 10. You're scared of round 10, broski? You're scared of Kincaid in round 10. You can get Laporta. Stop saying Laporta. You can get Laporta with Kincaid. You can draft both of them. Why are you scared specifically? I don't care about who you like as well. Why are you scared specifically of a double-digit round tight end that could be the number one tight end in the National Football League in one or two years and give you flashes of it all year long as it gets peppered with targets from Josh Allen? The what? I think I can't hear you. Say it again. I think it's best he's 15. Okay. Well, scared, scared Scotty, you you hold my beer. And you watch us draft Kincaid over and over and over. Let's go over to Frank real quick. Scared Scott, I'm going to leave you on the line here. I was going to disconnect you, but I'd prefer you absorb this and, and dominate your league. So I'm gonna... I'll talk to you after a while. All right, Scott, appreciate you. I appreciate you, sort of. Um... Let's go over to Frank. Hey, Smitty, what's going on, buddy? You're live. What's up? Hey, uh, listen, uh, um, 
on the, going back to Tyreek Hill, you know, I mean, Tyreek Hill has shown this behavior, and it's just not in the NFL. He showed this stuff in college at yep. Oklahoma State. I'm a big Big 12 guy. He got kicked off Oklahoma State. Uh, Gundy, they kicked him out and off the team, and he went off to West Alabama to play his last year over there. That's, what they, that's where he transferred to. He's from that Georgia area, so he just went over there to play for a you know, low-division school team, you know, got over there and uh, things like that. But he, in 2015, he strangled his uh, girlfriend at the time and assaulted yep. her, and that's what he was kicked off Oklahoma State. So this behavior of his, it goes way back, and a lot of the times, you know, and Smitty, you talked about this stuff. You were counseling kind of things that you talked about. You know, a lot of this stuff psychologically, things maybe he, I hope not, but maybe things that his environment where he was at that he saw, and it just stayed with him. And, you know, a lot of times you're a byproduct of your environment. Uh, you know, and whether you pick things up, you saw things or whatever, more fluidly or more, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, kind of uh, situations, uh, you know, uh, you know, and he, but it happened to him in 2015. He got kicked off Oklahoma State and, uh, uh, you know, and he was such a great player at Oklahoma State. I mean, you know, falling right behind Des Bryant at the time, you know, what they were doing over there, Des Bryant, what he did for Oklahoma State, for the Cowboys there, well, being you know, All-American player. You know, he just, he just, yeah, and, uh, and uh, but yeah, you know, it's just, it's sad, it's sad to see that, you know, with, uh, Tyreek Hill, you know, and just this continuous behavior they continue to show, you know, but there's some loose things, like you said, you know, definitely things there that, you know, it's just, it's just, uh, it's not, you know, it's just, he has a few loose screws, you know, whatever's going on or behavior yeah. or whatever, you know, and uh, to going back to King K too, <laughs> you know, King K, this, uh, the guy's going to be a beast, man. The guy's going to be a beast. I mean, and then, you know, I was watching the show for the uh, GM for the Buffalo Bills when the, you know, how they've been doing behind the draft. They've been doing a lot, kind of like you said with the Lions, when he started banging the table, you know. Well, I've seen that video, too, you know, the whole documentary behind the, behind the draft. Well, the Bills, the GM, when they're about to draft Kincaid, he, the, he turned over to the uh, one of the uh, scouts in that area, and he said supposedly he's been scouting for, like, I forget how many years. It was a long time. that area, And he said, I've never seen a guy with better hands over my whole time that I've been scouting. He said, this guy has the best hands, he says, for decades. And he's like, I've been doing this a long time. And he said, this guy has legit hands. Yeah, and uh, and he said, I would put him up versus any wide receiver. He said, the past 10 drafts, I think he said the last 10 years. Take a breath. Take a breath. Take a breath, Frank. Frank, take a breath. Yeah. Go ahead. He said, uh, um, I want to lose even Frank for the alive. last 10 years, for the what he called uh, uh, receivers in the last 10 years of a draft, he said, I would put him up his hands towards any of the receivers that were last, that were drafted yeah. these last 10 years. I, you yeah. know? So, uh, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, Kincaid's going to ball out. To the man. moon. To the moon. Kincaid's going to be such a monster. People don't. He he literally is the closest thing to the next Travis Kelsey. And and Travis Kelsey's Kelsey, I don't wanna I don't wanna necessarily put him in that box. He's a different wide receiver, uh slash tight end. Different tight end slash wide receiver, however you want to define him. But he he's just a different beast and and I think that he could redefine the position, you know, if if people watch him succeed the way they're they're that he's gonna succeed. And it's gonna take a little while, but I think the 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 tight end posi- position transforms potentially into uh, a more crispy route running type of, of tight end. And, and a lot of tight ends like Kincaid might not even be asked to block at all. And that's just going to be the nature of, of the position in some, to some degree, at least of, of the high productive guys like Kincaid. But Kincaid's going to remind everybody like a wide receiver. You're literally going to look at him and say, he's not a tight end. And then people are going to complain. Like I said, upset ungers are going to get upset and go, this isn't a tight end. When do you take away his tight end eligibility? He should be a wide receiver. It's unfair because they don't have minds and they can't think ahead and plan ahead and, and, and project ahead and see what is coming down the way, what's coming down the, the, down, down the, the, uh, the path. And right now, Kincaid 
is, and it's very known because I'm telling everybody right now, he's going to play like a wide receiver. And if you've got him, I wouldn't be shocked if there are hardcore conversations about adding wide receiver eligibility to his designation. The only reason that might not happen is because the platforms are, for some reason, scared to rock the boat. Because if they weren't, you would see Debo Samuel added as a running back. Or at least the year he did what he did on the ground. Why didn't he get running back designation? Because the platforms are scared. Because they get a lot of complaints and people get upset. And, you know, it's stupid. It's stupid. You should be... Debo should be a running back and a wide receiver. It's really ridiculous. Um, I think position eligibility needs to change. And, and Tim... Er, Tim Tebow. Uh, uh, Taysom Hill definitely has caused a lot of concern and panic and uh, upset ungers out there. And he's a tight end again. And he's lining up all over the field. He's a running back. He's a wide receiver. He's playing quarterback this offseason. Last offseason, he wasn't playing quarterback. They wanted to keep him in a running back, wide receiver, tight end role. And they made it very, very clear that they didn't really want to go down the quarterback route. Now they get Derek Carr. Derek Carr is not going to relinquish his job to Taysom Hill. That's not my point. I think Derek Carr is going to flourish. But my point is, even with Derek Carr being added, they're now wanting him to play some quarterback and be all over the field. Taysom Hill's a secret weapon. Just an especially in best ball underdog fantasy promo code Smitty link in description. Use promo code Smitty or the link to get up to $100 bonus match. You can get Taysom Hill in the 13, 14, 15 round territory. Just kind of monitor where he's floating up on the ADP and, and strike accordingly. But you could get him as your second tight end option and not even have to put, you know, your balls on the line in terms of ta in terms of Taysom Hill. And it's, bro, Taysom Hill is going to explode. Kincaid is a secret weapon. Taysom Hill is a secret weapon. I like cuffing Kincaid to Taysom Hill and Laporta, you know, and, and having all three of those guys in best ball uh, underdog fantasy promo code Smitty. And for people that say you shouldn't draft tight, uh, three tight ends, I beg to differ. I bet you there's some data that comes out in a year or so and people can reflect on it and analyze it properly that you have a little bit of an advantage if you can hit your other spots good and, and not create a hole for yourself to have a three tight end rotation in best ball and do kind of what we're doing at quarterback sometimes where we take two quarterbacks like Mahomes and Fields in a one QB best ball setting because of the optimal scoring. I think the tight end position, if you can get three really good tight ends that, that have the upside of Kincaid and Laporta and then the upside of Taysom Hill, you can score a crazy amount of points at the position. And if you dominate the tight end position without drafting Kelsey, you were potentially putting yourself in a very advantageous position. But anyway. No, we'll you're see. right, Smitty. And especially all these stats that are coming out for the uh, three tight end. As a matter of fact, just this morning I was watching a video and uh, they talked about that, that the three tight end, especially for the last couple of years with the winners and stuff like that, within many different from the, uh, you know, from the best ball mania three, from even the puppy ones and stuff like that. If they have data that shows a three tight end, uh, it's, it's a higher success rate to win when you select three tight ends and things like that. So just to, just to validate what you're saying. Yeah. Pe people come around eventually, bro. They come around eventually. Yep, yep. Just like they're coming around on early quarterback, middle round quarterback, you know. Been saying it for years. For sure. But, all right, Frank, yeah. appreciate you. Later, pal. All right. Yes, sir. All right, bye-bye. Later. Frank, appreciate you. Uh, anyway, I can't wait for Bijan 
Bijan's gonna be amazing, bro. Gonna be amazing. Uh, thoughts on Van Jefferson uh, for the Rams? Stafford is one year removed from his 4,400-yard season. I'm not. I'm not. Let me let me put it this way, Stephen. I've drafted in. I don't. I can't. How many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of best ball drafts, and when I'm on the clock in the 18th round looking for my final wide receiver, I've never once selected Van Jefferson. I'm not saying he can't be a surprise, but I'd rather take a, a gamble on a Charlie Jones, you know, who, yes, needs a potential injury. I get it, but I just, Van Jefferson, even if he doesn't get an injury, I don't know that he's doing anything. Even if he gets an injury, I don't know if he's doing anything. Van Jefferson was injured, and I, I, I kind of liked him at one point. I think he's got a little upside, but... When a guy that's borderline solid gets hurt um, and, and gets injured and has like an ACL tear or some significant injury, it, and I was already very much like on the fence, like, yeah, they're okay. They could be an okay player. I'm just, I, I'm just not going after them until they prove it to me. And if he proves it, I'm not going to feel bad about myself. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. I'll adjust and adapt, but give me Charlie Jones. Give me, give me especially Tank Dell, who's going in the 15th round on underdog fantasy 16th round sometimes 17th round unless we're drafting in our community where somebody takes him way too early you've got to take him in round 15 or later because you can steal him away ninja you're live on the fantasy football show yo smitty good to be on appreciate you as always thank you um yeah man i think kincaid i'm thinking kincaid or michael mayer on the raiders because the Raiders could be so bad that they just probably want to just see what they have out of the young guns and force feed the rookies and uh, Michael Mayer. But I think both of them can have a very Kyle Pitts-esque season where they both possibly flirt with a 1,000 yards um, if the situations break right um, for them in their rookie year. Yeah, I, They're the... both freak talents enough, and Jimmy Garoppolo can throw at least to a tight end. We've seen George Kenny? Kittle be a top tight Kenny, end. though? Kenny, you though? Know? But can, like, think about what you're saying, though. When is the last time Jimmy Garoppolo threw to his tight end? He didn't do it. He didn't do it the last season he played. He Regard, regardless, uh, an average or below average, even a rookie or Stidham who comes in or uh, Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, I can get behind bad that. Bad quarterbacks, bad quarterbacks throw to the tight end. They, they feed them volume. I could get you behind know, that. So it, I could get behind that if O'Connell yeah. got in there. I I could. I could say, but but I don't know about a thousand yard season because they're going to be. No, you're right. You're right. I, I th- Not I th- very likely, but with Dalton Kincaid, I think so because like Kyle well, Pitts got to a thousand yards with like an aging Matt Ryan, right? Well, well can, now can, imagine Josh Allen if he had a, a Kyle Pitts esque, and that's what well, we're kind you're, of yeah. You're you're, are, you're preaching to the choir on Kincaid. I'm just saying with Mayer, I I don't. Uh, I don't like the offense. I don't think they live near the red zone at all. I think there's a lot of three and outs. I think that, uh, yeah, Jimmy's not going to be back there for very long. I, so, I, so I can get behind the blanket uh, Mayor situation. And I like Mayor a lot. So it's 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 I struggle when I have to rank him, talk about him, because he's in such an awful situation. But I can tell you this right now. Your assessment of Jimmy G knowing how to find the tight end is 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 old an old assessment you got the old playbook of when you know, he you. used to do that he, kittle kittle was non-existent jimmy jimmy's last I know. but like we're, we're gonna see how training camp goes and how preseason goes but this raiders team we can assume is gonna fall apart 
and that most likely will have Jimmy not being the starter yeah, at some point in the season anymore. I agree with that. Um, and Josh McDaniels, he made Hunter, Hunter Henry relevant again when he was having him as a tight end uh, with the rookie Mac Jones. So if a rookie Aiden O'Connell comes in, you know, Josh McDaniels loves feeding a tight end, and this guy's a freak. Michael Mayer's a freak. Dude. Yeah, I like Mayer a um, lot. He, I wish he would have landed somewhere you know, else. So I, I, can't, I can't stand. But I think it's very less likely. I think the road for success is for sure in Kincaid's court right here to possibly get close to that 800,000 yeah. yards. He needs Jimmy out of that lineup, though. Mayer, Mayer for Mayer. Mayer and Kincaid, you're preaching right. to the choir. Kincaid's the next Travis Kelsey. But but Mayer is is um, such a good player trapped in a horrible situation. He cannot. Jimmy needs to get out of there. Jim, Jimmy needs. Right. Oh, Jimmy 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 almost Jimmy could get cut if he didn't if he didn't pass his physical. He, I mean he's Jimmy Jimmy lied to the team. Jimmy kept dude, his injuries Jimmy from him. Three picks at the preseason game. He's out. Like he's on a short leash. I think. Yeah. Jimmy Jimmy's uh, just the, one of the worst decisions they made. The Raiders are idiots for what the how they they handled the offseason and i'm not i'm not as confident as you are in in how genius this could look if they do get another quarterback in there because this is a this is a this is an offensive coordinator and coaching staff in brass that got rid of Derek carr thinking Derek carr was the problem made him the scapegoat it's like firing a good basketball coach when the basketball team loses uh in the in the championship game you know and I'm like we got to get rid of the coach, I guess. When the, it's not the coach's fault at all, You're like that—that's what—that's what they—they—they what they, they made, made Carr the scapegoat, and and they and they replaced him with Jimmy Garoppolo, probably the worst starting quarterback in the National Football League by far. But he, even yeah, I just don't think Jimmy G is going to be the starter, like even for six games, dude. I think he, no way. You know, he, yeah, yeah. Jimmy, I don't Jimmy. maybe not even by the third game. If it gets really bad, if he's just throwing picks or can't complete simple passes, and you're seeing Josh McDaniels on the sideline like grimacing or getting pissed, they're going to throw Aiden O'Connell in there and say, "Hey, we're tanking for Caleb Williams, but we're going to throw every play because we're coming from you know." Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy plays season. half a season max, and that could be for that could be for injury, that could be being replaced. Like there's, and that's even being very kind. Jimmy plays half a season. Right. Jimmy's totally. not playing. Jimmy, not Jimmy's succeed. smiling all the way to the bank. He completely robbed the Raiders. Just robbed them. Just and and I've got really close friends that are that are Niner fans. You know, I'm not going to throw any names out there. But when Jimmy signed his contract, I got from again not going to throw any names out there. I got DMs from very very close Niner content creators. I'll just say that said Jimmy robbed them. Jimmy robbed him. Jimmy, and they're so glad he's gone. They're so quietly glad he's gone. Jimmy robbed him is what they said to me in a text. And they're so glad they don't have to talk about Jimmy G anymore. Jimmy G is a disaster. This is the worst decision the Raiders could have possibly made. They set their franchise back a ton. And, and you know, at the end of the day, he's not going to be in there, so it won't matter. But look at all the money they spent on him. And they really, if they could go back, they would undo it. If the Raiders could go back, they would not sign Jimmy G. I almost guarantee you, because he ended up uh, having an injury that they had to reconstruct his entire deal. People forget, I went live when Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't introduced with the team. 
And everyone said, well, it's probably just some kind of contract. I go, no, there's something going on here. Jimmy Garoppolo signed a contract and didn't show up to his own press conference to be introduced. So the, the, the press conference to introduce Jimmy G didn't have Jimmy G there to introduce. And everybody's like, it's probably just yep. a little contract hang-up. Like, of course, there's something contract-related. But what is it? What did they find out about Jimmy G? What did Jimmy G lie to him about this time? Like he did Shanahan and John Lynch not revealing that he needed surgery, shows up at the combine, tells everybody when they're trying to trade him, uh, hey, I need surgery. Now he's now he's stuck a niner. He screwed screwed Shanahan and, and John Lynch. And and that's that's on them. They made their own bed. They should have cut Jimmy G in the beginning of the offseason. They didn't. They tried to be crafty and, and cute. And they got cute and they got screwed by Jimmy. Jimmy got him again. And then Kyle Shanahan and John said he wouldn't return a phone call. They can't get a hold of this guy. He wouldn't return a text, a phone call. They couldn't find out what his status was. And he shows up and lets them know when it was too late to trade him that I need surgery. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy connived his way into the, the Niner locker room once again when he had already given his goodbye speech. And the team said bye to him. The fan base said bye to him. He, gave, he went to the podium and said goodbye. I'm going to miss the Niners. And he connived his way back onto the roster. And then what's he do in, in, in Las Vegas? They sign him to a, or they, they offer him a contract. He can't pass his physical. And they're like shocked. The Raiders are completely shocked. Like what in the hell, Jimmy? And so they restruck his, restructure his contract, take his, his bonus, didn't give it to him, and turned it and converted it into salary and gave him his new contract. Anyway. Jimmy right. And so I wanted to bring up, uh, okay, then let's take Michael Mayer out of the equation. Do you think Sam Laporta has more of a likelihood of keeping up with King Cade to have the chances to uh, yeah, Nidra, you know, I feel, be uh, Nidra, have a Kyle Pitts-esque year? Uh, yeah, I mean, Ninja, I feel like you watch my show. You know I talk about Kincaid and Laporta like crazy. So, I mean, that's a right. silly question. No, no, of course. Yeah, yeah, but Laporta is in a phenomenal situation. Laporta is going to be given target share, uh, share that is not normally going to be available to a rookie tight end because they have literally no elite wide receiver two. And so Laporta, like Kincaid, is going to play almost the wide receiver two role, like in a way, or yeah. he could. This this Lions team is reminding me a lot of like when Breeze joined the Saints. Like he's like this, uh, you know, he didn't do too good on his first team. And that's like kind of looks like what's happening with Goff. Like now we can trust Goff all of a sudden as a quarterback, you know, and uh, he has a, a Camara-esque or Darren Sproles-esque type of player with Gibbs. Um, and then you got these like weapons on the outside. And then you got your Jimmy Graham tight end with Laporta here, um, you know, Amazing offensive line. I'm I'm really excited. Really excited. Yeah. I think Laporta definitely has a good chance of smashing. Yeah, La- of course, Laporta and Kincaid are, are just going to have unusually good rookie seasons, like Kyle Pitts in a way. Uh, Kincaid could have a better season than Kyle Pitts. Kincaid having the the best tight end season in the history of the NFL is what I'm expecting. I'll be very and- disappointed if he doesn't have the best season in the history of the NFL for a tight end. I'll be very disappointed. Yeah. I think do, you, do you think? Do you think it's just because teams are looking at Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey and going, we want that, we want to win Super Bowls, and that's how they're winning Super Bowls is with the lead tight end here, and that's why we're seeing this rise in no. these young tight ends? No, I, I, I mean, I think that you're just going to have waves like anything. Like next year could have no tight ends. The next year could have no tight ends. This is just a wave of really good pass catchers. And and Kincaid is just an unusually used player. It was in college too. 
and just has an unusual skill set and has has an unusual landing spot. So these these tight ends landed in uh, amazing situations minus Mayer. And so we're just going to see them throughout. Like even Luke Musgrave is a big boy in a really good situation. And like Laporta and like Kincaid, Green Bay is also starving in a way at the wide receiver position. So Luke Musgrave could very well take on more target share than he should as a rookie. Hence why this rookie tight end class is not just good, but they're in unique situations. The draft, the landing spots were amazing. Um, hey, Ninja, I got to let you run. Appreciate you calling in. Call in for the 7 p.m. show, pal. Peace out, Smitty. Appreciate right, later, you. Later, man. Uh, I'll take one more caller here. Blake Blake from Minnesota. Blake, what's up, my guy? What's up, Smitty? How's it going? What's up, man? Um, who are you looking better right now between um, uh, Stefan Diggs and A.J. Brown? I like A.J. Brown a lot, but I'm also... I really like Diggs as well, but I'm just not sure with the whole situation that's going on with Diggs and Allen. Like, if he's going to get back on track and they're going to connect again, or just what's going on? So, I think um, before the Diggs situation started to get kind of crazy the last couple days and week, um, I think Diggs was ahead of uh, A.J. Brown by not not a ton, but just like A.J. Brown was 12-13 or 11-14 overall pick. Uh, Diggs was like a 7 to eight overall picks. So they're very close, but there was separation to where you're probably drafting digs every single time at seven or eight over AJ Brown. But now with this situation, um, I don't know. I I, I think they're very, I think they're very close. Like this is where digs falls to me. You know, digs falls to digs falls to, uh, that same exact 11, 12, 13 overall territory. That's where digs falls to me now. And so everyone wants to know, would I avoid Diggs at all costs? No, I'd take him at twelve if he fell to me. But that's it. Like that's where that's where he falls. I'm not I'm not excited about Diggs any higher than where AJ Brown's going. So they're very close to me. Um, I think that's that's exactly where I'd place him. Would I take AJ Brown over him? Maybe, but you know AJ Brown's got knee concerns too that I feel like um, won't go away. They'll only get worse. Could, that, does that mean he's going to suffer a knee injury this year? Not necessarily, but it's certainly something that I'm concerned about and I'm worried about every single year with A.J. Brown, which is why I think Devontae Smith is going to have a season, one of these years in the next two years, where he just goes crazy because he'll become the number one wide receiver for a string of games. But I'd say Hill and and A.J. Brown are very similar. I'd say Diggs and A.J. Brown are very similar to me in 2023 in terms of where I want to rank them. All right, thank you, Smitty. Yeah, anything else you got? Um, just wondering, like, uh, like, um, I guess about Tyree Kill. Like, I came on the show a little bit later, so I didn't get to hear everything you were saying, but it sounds like that the guy is going to be pressing charges or maybe just trying to get some money out of him, and maybe the NFL won't make a big deal about it, but what are you thinking on that? Yeah, so Tyree Kill, um... As I said at the top of the show, I, I don't I don't expect the NFL to do anything because it's a slap on the neck or back of the head. The police themselves came to no conclusion or said that it's mm-hmm. a dead end. So this guy pressing charges isn't necessarily going to create new evidence. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know that anything's going to happen, but does it make me feel 
worried about Tyreek Hill's decision making, and this is this make me feel like maybe there's something else coming down, you know, later. Like, is, is this the last we've heard of Tyreek Hill acting out? Kind of feels like, I don't know, a little bit of a risk that I'm not willing to take at number five overall when I can get Bijan. I'd rather have Garrett yeah. Wilson at. Even if Tyreek Hill fell to like eight overall, I would I would be very tempted to take Garrett Wilson over Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. So like if it came down to because right now, um, I usually draft and it's like a mixture of ESPN and Sleeper because I feel like ESPN, even though like I'm competitive in fantasy, just the people on there aren't very good. So I'm like. Right now, Garrett Wilson's ADP is 19, which is ridiculous. Like, I would take him at, like, 10, like the 1-2 turn for me. So, if I'm, like, at pick 8 is which would I have, would you rather have Tyreek Hill or Stephon Diggs there? Because, like, for me, that could go either way, and then I'd come back to Garrett Wilson at, like, 12 because that's his ADP's at 19, so I'd be taking a little bit more advantage of it. I mean, if Bijan's there, I'd take Bijan. That's my answer the whole show. So, I'm not... I'm oh, yeah, not- I, I don't know. If I had to go between Diggs and Hill, I, I guess mm-hmm. I would go I guess I would go I guess I would go Tyreek Hill. But All right. I, I just I don't like drafting either one of them right now for some reason. But yeah. I, I would take I would definitely not let either one slip out of my first round. Like just to be very, very clear with what I'm saying. Because I know someone's gonna mm-hmm. take it like I'm saying I wouldn't draft them. I'm not saying that or that I'm calling them a a, a, a an absolute bust. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying Bijan yeah. and Garrett Wilson are better to me. Yeah. All right. Thank you. And don't be so sure that Garrett Wilson's going to fall, though, bro. Your the ADP you're looking at is bunk ADP. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not good ADP. <laughs> like you're looking at. Mm-hmm. You're looking at Fugazi ADP because Garrett Wilson's a top twelve. Top twelve overall pick. Yeah. So just be careful. I, I'm not saying it won't work out on your platform, but you know this is like when Alave's in the third or fourth round on on ESPN. Like you're gonna trust that yeah. it might work out. You might if you draft on ESPN. If you're mocking on ESPN and then you're gonna draft on ESPN, it might work out for you because yeah. It, 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 and I want and I can't wait. Miss Smitty's league is on Yahoo, and I I don't know what Yahoo's ADP looks like. I'm sure it's pretty bad as well. If Alave's in the third round. The only problem with my Miss Mitty's league is that when she's on the clock, I gotta also recommend her take players, and I hate that because mm-hmm. I have to be like I have to lie to her or I have to I have to screw her pick her team over in order to get the team <clears> I want, and I can't do that. I'm too I'm, I feel too bad, so I'll be sitting there going yeah. a lot. She'll be at three point two, and I'll go Alave shouldn't be there, and I'm at three point three, and I'll be like, you gotta take Alave, son of a bitch. <laughs> so. I've been getting like a lot of um, like in these mock drafts that I'm doing. Um, Devonta Adams is falling really far, which he should. Like I completely agree with you. And, like you know, like, he's not just gonna throw the ball to himself, even though he is like elite talent, like best of best. Like just shoot, Jimmy Garoppolo can't get him the ball. So if it came down to it, like in the fourth round, I've been seeing a lot of uh, like. Adams and Watson in there, like the third, fourth round. Who would you rather have? I don't know where you're drafting, bro. Because Adams is a second rounder. Like, it's just I don't know fourth. Where are you? Where are you mock drafting? Because you're telling so, me Garrett, Garrett Wilson's so. nine. Garrett Wilson's nineteen, and and Adams is in the fourth round. I don't know where you're drafting. Yeah. Are you on that zone place? Like, where are you, where are you mock drafting, bro? <laughs> 
No, I've just seen. I've seen them. I've seen them fall really. Where? Really no, where? Out, some, some where though? Grass. Where? ESPN. ESPN? I've never seen that, bro. Yeah, even though his ADP is like 15 or something, he still falls. Like when I draft my friends, because I'm pretty sure some of them watch your show. But okay, okay. he's been going like early yeah. third, mid third. Yeah, that, he's just that, been dropping a lot. So like, if it comes down to Adams or Watson, like who would you rather have? Like I'm thinking Watson, just because him and Love. Um, I know it's crazy, but I mean, I do. I, I look. I'm t- even. I'm taking Devonte Adams in the fourth round. Like that's not gonna happen. Oh, but, yeah. but I would yeah. say. Are you talking Dynasty? Uh-uh. Nah, redraft. Uh, Austin said he's talking about Dynasty, question mark. I, I thought maybe that, was, maybe that was why, but no, redraft? Bro, that's crazy. Um, even I would take Adams in the fourth round, but push comes to shove, I do like Watson better. You know, but, but, if, yeah. but, but let me put it this way. If Adams is going in the fourth round, that means Watson is going in the fifth round. It just doesn't make sense what, what I'm hearing here, but yeah, I don't know. I think that's crazy. I don't think that's going to happen. I think at the end of the day, you're seeing Adams go in the second round. Like I, I don't you think, think that. so. That's why I avoid him. That's why I avoid him. But but fourth yeah. round, I mean, he's a steal there. But there's no way Watson's going ahead of Adams. So mm-hmm. you're going to be able to get both of them. Yeah. I when I was watching some of your like your sleeper mock drafts, I don't I, I don't know why, but I feel like I have this memory of. Uh, Adams going like the middle of the third round. You still think that's still too early? Um, no, I mean I don't think it's. I, I tend to avoid it because I find a different avenue that I want to go down, even in the third round. In the fourth round, yeah. it starts becoming a harder argument for me to make to say avoid Adams if he's in the fourth round. If not, just to trade him later. Like I feel like you could trade him. Um, I also think he'll get enough production, like like the previous caller said. If O'Connell gets in there, maybe because I don't think Jimmy's going to be in there that long. So if O'Connell gets in there, or they even bring in Wentz or whatever, I, I think Adams could actually deliver very easily on fourth-round value and even third-round value. But the problem has been that when I'm asked do I take Adams, it's always at his ADP, and his ADP is always in the second round. And maybe he fell yeah. in one of our drafts, but that's because I'm talking you know, down Adams so much that in our mock draft, somebody lets him fall into the third round. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I would I mean, say top of third is the latest you'll ever see that happen. But, you know, that yeah. could happen. But fourth round, I don't know. Maybe maybe with your buddies, but. Yeah. All right, Blake, uh, anything else? Uh, no, that should be about it. Thank All right, you. call in at the 7 p.m. show, Blake. Appreciate you, man. All right, see ya. Good questions. Later. All right, guys, I'll see you all at 7 p.m., which is like literally in an hour from now. Um, Kincaid to the moon.
Hit that like button on the way out the door. Appreciate you all. Blake says nothing's going to happen to Cheetah. We know that. That's what the whole show is about. Doesn't mean that he's not a risk in general to doing other crazy, insane, stupid things or injury risk or to a tag of our lower risk. Appreciate you, Matt. Vampy to the moon. Vampy, how you doing? Feeling better? Overcome. Golf, appreciate you. See you all later in about an hour. People are getting burrowed left and right, and people are going to remember it.